Hey, welcome to the Axe Cast. This is probably going to be a shorter one today, but I thought, why not? Let's get into the scripture for a minute, spend a little time together. Uh, I am in Hebrews 10, if you want to go there in your Bible, but I'll put it up on the screen somewhere here. Uh, we'll figure it out. You'll see it there. But I'm in Hebrews 10. We're going to start uh, with verse 23. This is what it says. Hang on. I got to put on my old people glasses. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Man, there is a lot there that I think it becomes in this very distracting world easy to forget about. Easy to, easy to just kind of get lost in sort of the day-to-day and not thinking about what is actually fueling your ability to be a Christ follower. What is, where, are, where are the sources of power? Well, obviously the Holy Spirit is the source of power in your life, but what is it that gives you, that catalyzes, right? The catalyst, the thing that makes it start going. Where is that and what is that? Well, here in Hebrews, we see something very clear. A few things. The first, the first one was... Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So we're talking about holding fast the confession. Well, what's the confession? Our confession is the gospel. Our confession is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Our confession is that we're Christ followers. Our confession is the truth, the worldview that we have as orthodox or serious or historic or whatever word you want to put before that Christians. Christ followers. So we got to hold fast to it. Why does it have to say that? Because it's too easy to not hold fast. It's too easy to get sidetracked. It's too easy to not have to be the primary thing. It's too easy to simply be weak. That's the fact. And in this time here at the end of the age, you got to be strong. You have got to be strong if you're going to be a Christ follower. And so right here, it's just directing you, it's commanding you, hold fast. Why? Because he who promises faithful, we can hold fast because he's holding us fast. And so that's the first part of it. The second part being, I'm just going to keep these things on, I think. The second part being, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So stir up, remember I talked about catalyzing, a catalyst, something that gets things going. We're stirring each other up. We're actually the person, the people that for each other are the ones that are causing each other to get excited, to get motivated, to have the, let's call it the ambition for the gospel, to be motivated to go do the thing, the thing being following Christ, being serious about following Christ. And so it requires us to do that. Why does that have to tell us to do that? Because if it doesn't tell us to do that, we just don't do it. We don't spend, we're too concerned about ourselves. We're too concerned about the things we're distracted by. And we don't spend the time, effort, and energy to actually stir up one another. To what? Good works. What happens if you're not doing good works? Bad works. This is all really elementary stuff, but somehow we forget it. And here's the thing that we sometimes really forget. The last part of this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, even, even when Hebrews was written, there were people who were forsaking the assembling together. They weren't getting together on the first day of the week or on Sunday with the church to do these things we're just talking about. But instead of not doing it, do it, exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching the day, the word day there is capitalized. It's the day. Okay. The day of the Lord is coming. The end 
of the world as you know it is coming and Christ is returning. And as we see that approaching, which we see it approaching more than they even saw it approaching, our job is to be exhorting one another. That's beyond just encouragement. I would say that exhorting is like really pushing people to do the things that they need to do. That's accountability. That's that's uh, asking one another in Christ to move forward and to grow. How do we do it? By getting together. By getting together. You are not going to be able to hold fast the confession of faith. You're not going to stir your brothers and sisters to good works, nor are you going to be stirred to good works if you're not together each week exhorting one another. That exhortation happens from the from the teaching of Scripture. Uh, when I'm preaching or someone else is preaching, that's what we're doing. We're exhorting you to good works. We're exhorting ourselves to good works. It, it happens in the fellowship of believers and the getting together, the hanging out, the talking to one believer to another, what's going on in your life. Hey, are you, are you accomplishing the things that God is calling you to do? What is God calling you to do this week? Thinking about those things. And it's, there's a reason why it's weekly. God set things up in weeks from the beginning. That's how he created. Our week is broken. If our week is not starting with that time of getting together to stir one another up, to exhort each other to good works. If you are forsaking the gathering together, and I'm not talking about if you're sick, I'm not talking about if you're if there's a reason why you can't get there, but for those of you who can get there and choose not to, or who have fallen out of the habit, or football season's coming up. I mean, after all, that's gotta be something important, right? I, I would not wanna be a person, and I love football, by the way, although I've loved it less and less over time, I would not want to be the person who has to explain to the Lord why you weren't doing this that the scripture says, because instead you needed to watch a bunch of young men throw a ball around. That's, that's a bad idea to go before the Lord in the Bama seat and say, oh, I didn't do this that you commanded me to do because I needed to watch somebody play football. Or I wanted to go out on a hike, on a hike and, and, and experience your nature. Or we just really needed to go to the beach every other weekend. Uh, and that was what, listen, this is a command. This is a command of scripture. Who are you to be together with? The body of Christ. Why? Because you need it to be stirred up to good works. Because you need it to exhort one another. It's for you and it's for everybody else. When you don't do it, you are not just harming yourself. This is not a victimless crime, if you will. Not following Jesus' command here, not following the scripture here is not a victimless crime. You are not just hurting yourself and your own spiritual walk and your own uh, ability to be catalyzed and stirred up in your own growth and exhorted. You're actually not doing the other thing that it's saying, which is exhorting and stirring up your brothers and sisters. We need each other. Church is not a place where we come and we see a bunch of stuff happen like on a stage and that's this thing that's happening to us. You're part of it. You're participating in worship together. The people who are up there singing, they're just leading worship. When you come in and you're thinking about other things and you're focused somewhere else and you're standing there worshiping and you're not really into it and you're not thinking about it, you're not thinking about what the Lord has done for you, you're not expressing true, heartfelt, deep inside you love and honor and praise for the Lord in that moment, you're just not getting it. You're not getting what's there for you. You're not giving what's there for everybody else. When they see you, arms raised, eyes closed, focused on the Lord, maybe crying, maybe whatever, because it's because you feel it deeply as you're expressing your love for the Lord. It doesn't build them up or stir them up if they just see you with your hands in your pockets and looking like this is boring to you. In the same way with the scripture, as we teach and learn, you should be focused. It's not just about you. 
It's also about the people who are looking to see if you're focused, because if you're not focused, maybe they're not focused. We are a body. We, we, we go together. We do the things together. And so <clears throat> this isn't about rebuke. This is about exhortation. I'm, uh, I'm mad at you. I'm not, I don't, I don't have an issue, but we have a lot more people who are connected to this church who consider this church to be their home. than we do have people who are showing up consistently on a Sunday morning to do the things that scripture has said. Once again, I'm going to read it one more time because I want us to understand it. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering consistency for he who promises faithful. Who's consistent? The Lord is. Who are we supposed to be becoming like? the Lord. And let us consider one another. When you don't show up, based on this, the implication is when you don't show up, you aren't considering one another. You are not considering your role in other people's lives. And, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't, I'm not doing anything when I'm there. I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just at the church. I just kind of show up. I sit there and, and I leave. But you don't know what effect you have on other people by being there, by creating an environment of people who are together, who feel, I feel supported in my walk with Christ when other believers are doing the things that we're called to do. So if I have five people sitting with me, I don't feel as confident and stirred up as if I have 10. And I don't feel as confident and stirred up as I have 100 or 1,000 or 10,000. When believers are together, the, the creation of the feeling of hope, of stirring up is greater the more of you that are there. So yes, even if you don't talk to anybody, which you should, even if you aren't all the way into it and whatever, you're having a bad day, literally being there is a service that you're doing to your brothers and sisters. And you are called to consider them, to consider them consider one another. Why? In order to stir up love and good works. Are you not feeling loved? Well, are you showing love? Are you not feeling like there's good works? Are you stirring others to do good works? Are you allowing them to stir you to do good works? And again, how we do it, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, not forsaking the assemblies of our assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. This was true then. This is true now. If it's you, if you're the sum, it's time to, time to get it right. This doesn't say, and that person's the worst person that's ever been. I get it. Church hurt. You're busy. It's summer. Boy, those kids are rough to deal with. Whatever the, the thing is, just recognize for yourself. Just, just be honest. Take a breath. Recognize for yourself that those are excuses. They're just excuses. And if the people in your life who loved you made those kinds of excuses every time you wanted to be with them, Every time that you, you know, made dinner for them, they called and said, ah, I'm not gonna be able to make it today. Every time you had Christmas and you wanted all the family there, they were like, ah, I can't make it. You would not feel like the reasons they gave were anything but excuses. And don't think that the Lord is going to feel like the reasons that we give. And I've been there too, are anything more than excuses. You are to be with your brothers and sisters, not because of what you get out of it or what you perceive you get out of it, but because of what you are to put into it, considering one another, stirring them up to good works, right? Exhorting one another and so much more. What does it say? But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching, the day is approaching. We need each other for all of these things to be unwavering like our Lord to stir up good works and to exhort one another in all of that. You got to be there. You got Dr. David always says you got to be there to be there. And if you're not there, you don't care. 
And that may not always 100% of the time be true. Sometimes I'm not there because I have COVID. Sometimes you're not there because you went on a family vacation. Oh, that's fine. You know I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that so many of us have way too many things that we're willing to miss the gathering for. And so I'm, I'm working on this in my own heart, being convicted of this in my own heart to make sure that I am prioritizing being with the people of God. You need to work on it in your own heart because this is a command of the Lord. And what, is the, what does the scripture say? We are to go, therefore, right? Make disciples for Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded for lo, he is with us always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is part of that teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. There is no such thing as Christ following outside of the body of Christ. It's not a thing. That's not, that's not real. That's not biblical. You cannot Christ follow outside of the body of Christ. And if you're going to say right now, no, I am in the body of Christ. I'm part of, and you may be watching this from a different church. I'm part of X church, right? Uh, maybe you're part of Acts church. Maybe you're part of Crossroads or one of the other churches in town. Maybe you live somewhere else. You're part of, uh, you know, some other church. The fact is, is that you're not part of that church if this is not your regular habit. You may be on the outskirts of that church, but you are not in the body, in the body, operating within the body, if you are not committed to the regular gathering together to stir each other up to good works, to exhort one another. And you literally do that. The first way, the simplest way is just literally by being there. When you're there, it gives the other people hope it builds their faith. It builds their excitement. Be there. Better yet, be there and bring other people there. We're here. We're on a mission here. Let's not waver in it. Now, I, again, I'm not here to rebuke anybody on this. I'm here to exhort you to good works, and this is a good work. And so while we have uh, gone over my lifetime, we've gone from uh, church being uh, sort of uh, different in terms of people's view towards their commitment towards it. When I was young, it was like you're in church every time the doors are open and they were open Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, women's Bible study, men's group, uh, the auxiliary women's, uh, you know, missionary club, the, this, that, you know, so many different things. And people were just there all the time at the church. We've gone from that to, uh, what I think is a better system, which is we got to all be there on that Sunday morning. And then we have those other teaching and fellowship opportunities like life groups and so on. That's where we are now. I think that it is not too much to ask for the Lord to say, first, you're there every single Sunday morning. There is not an excuse that you're going to use to not be there. Real reasons? Yes. Excuses? No. And so analyze that. When you're about to not show up, is it an excuse or is it a real reason? And don't justify violating this command of scripture. Right? And then life groups. And then go to Honduras. And then be involved in volunteering. And then give. All those things are actually after. The first thing is that you've got to gather together because all that other stuff, those are the good works that are stirred up and exhorted while you're there on Sunday morning. So I have a passion for Sunday mornings. We put a lot of thought and effort into having a Sunday morning worship experience that is able to draw you into the throne room of God in worship, that is able to draw you into the throne room of God in teaching and understanding who he is and understanding who you are, to get your kids 
an, an education in the scripture that builds them up into young men and women of God. All of these things, it requires volunteers and their time and their effort and their energy and the staff and the elders and the deacons. All these people are doing that so that you can be there to be a part of it, exhorting one another, stirring one another up. And so I just want to encourage you this week. I just want to encourage you. If you're that person who's struggling with it, I just want to encourage you. If you're not struggling with it, I just want to encourage you so that you don't start to struggle with it. So you can stay unwavering. But I love you. I want to see you. And if you go to Acts Church, be here. Don't, don't have excuses. If you go to another church and you're part of that church, be there. Don't have excuses. We're into the fall now. We're heading towards a time when we celebrate the incarnation of Christ here towards the end of the year. Then we're going to start heading into the time where we celebrate the re- resurrection of Christ, just the best day ever. And then we're going to be into the summer. And then we're going to be, we have these seasons go. You got to be faithful in season and out of season. Okay. And so I exhort you, my brothers, my sisters, I exhort you to not be distracted and to be there. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to communicate in this way uh, or we can make a video and put it out and, and we can all connect with that and comment on it and do whatever we need to do to uh, have community and have a time of teaching, have a time of understanding. I pray that people's hearts would be broken before you that we need to evangelize more, that we'd be broken before you, that we need to love our neighbor more, that we'd be broken before you, that we need to fix the things in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit that are keeping us from being in community and communion with you. And Lord, that you would touch our hearts and break them if we're not gathering together, that we might desire it, that it might just be a passion in our lives that we want to be there, not just because of what it does for us, but because we have the opportunity to serve others in it. Jesus, forgive our sins, protect us spiritually, protect us physically, protect our church, keep the enemy away. Lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil because Lord, it is your kingdom and your power and your glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll see you next time on the Axe Cast.